Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rock Squad podcast, your destination for the latest rock music news, reviews, and discussion. I am one of your hosts. I'm Nick Chino, and I'm joined by my co-host. It's Mr. Dave Marini. What's going on, Dave? Hey, Nick. How's it going, man? This is going to be a good show. But before we get started, before we dig deep in today's rock and roll news, everyone's got to go down there, hit like on the video, subscribe to our channel, follow us, follow us on the Instagram, follow us on the Twitter. Follow us on the Facebook, Rock Squad Pod, anywhere you get your podcast. How's it going, pal? That's going all right. Let's give the folks a rundown on how we're going to do things on this show today. We're going to have a little headliner topic on this week's show, which is the big topic of the week. We're talking about the new surprise release from the tragically hip called Saskadelphia. We'll be talking about that on our headlining topic. We'll get to our opening act topics, which tonight we got a, we got a couple of good ones, including Robert Plant opening up his musical archive, at least... He will once he's no longer with us. We don't want to talk about him dying, but we'll talk about the archive. Uh, the almost famous uh, movie soundtrack is getting expanded into a huge box set and Slash and Chester Bennington uh, have released. Well, not really. A, a collaboration has been on Earth. So we'll be talking about that on our opening act topics. But first, let's get to this week's sound check right now on the Rock Squad podcast channel on youtube you can check out a couple of new rock album reviews for the tragically hips askadelphia that's up there right now and 21 pilots uh for their new album called scaled and icy both are very different but both are very enjoyable have you had a chance to check out either of these dave i did check out the hip stuff and i i haven't checked out 21 pilots yet but i'm i'm eager to listen to your review before i jump in well, the 21 Pilots stuff is good. It's very good for them. Different because we've talked about how they've had a darker sound uh, on some of their older material, especially on their last album, Trench. This album is very sunny. Uh, it's very poppy. Uh, so you can check out that review right now on the channel. But uh, yeah, the Tragically Hip, we don't want to get too deep into it because we'll be talking about it uh, in just a little bit. But uh, it's pretty cool. I think it's cool. Awesome. It's so cool. Super <laughs> exciting. And uh, in our world, we, we kind of had a little bit of a rock and roll week last week because we do play in a band. We're called Fool's Union. Uh, we actually had somebody on the channel say they checked out the band, so we appreciate that. Thanks for uh, checking out our, our music. But we took a little drive to Toronto. We don't want to spoil anything, but uh, we took a drive to Toronto to go check out a new mix uh, that we're putting together for one of our new songs. And uh, for a couple of musicians like us who have been so cooped up in our own houses, not being able to make music and, uh, and collaborate as much as we usually do, it was very nice for us to finally get out in the car and go do something musical that was fun oh it was a road trip it felt like old times pal. Yeah, yeah for sure man yeah we got we got lots of fun stuff uh cooking up right now and uh i'm sure we'll talk we'll talk more in detail on another show but uh yeah it was nice to get out of the house and it was great to uh it was great to go go meet new people and to uh see familiar faces and yeah. uh and, uh, you know, just, just to be back in, back in a studio too was, you know, it, it's been a long time since, uh, we've, we've been tracking in a, in a studio. So, um, yeah, it's great, man. Lots of fun stuff on the, on the horizon and, uh, um, probably, probably we can probably get some cool interviews out of the, out of the new situation too. So yeah. it's uh, right it, all in all, it's an up and up on, uh, our channel for sure. Yeah, right on. So check us out. We're, yeah. we're at foolsunion.com if you want to check out the band. But let's get to uh, this week's opening act topics on the Rock Squad podcast. The first one being an almost famous expanded soundtrack box set. 
is on the way in honor of the 20th anniversary of Cameron Crowe's classic rock film, Almost Famous, starring the, the beautiful Kate Hudson in that movie as Penny Lane. Huh? It doesn't get any better than that. Uh, They're releasing a new 103-song box set, five CDs, seven LPs, and all the music featured in the movie and more as well as extras. Uh, there's going to be a, a book with this and other fun goodies. It's going to feature music from the Beach Boys, Led Zeppelin, Joni Mitchell, Guess Who, and of course... The fictional band from the film Stillwater. It's going to come out on July the 9th. Um, Dave, does uh, does Almost Famous still hold up to you as a as a rock and roll film? Would you would you uh, pay for this box set? I think that oh, one hundred percent. I think uh, Almost Famous is one of the best rock and roll movies of all time. And uh, you know, every, like there's just so many classic things. You know, if it's if it's not Jay Baruchel trying to get Bowie autographs, yeah, <laughs> or or Mark Maron as the disgruntled promoter, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon's in there. Jimmy Fallon as the new slick manager. Like, yeah. it's so there's so many characters in that movie. So many great scenes. Uh, the Stillwater. I've been waiting for a for a new record from Stillwater for years. I don't know what the fuck these guys are up to, but uh, yeah, man, it's a great it's a great rock and roll story and uh, told only the way uh, Cameron Crowe can tell stories. So I'm stoked, man. I would, I would definitely uh, spend the money on this kind of thing. Um, it's, you know, the, these movies are few and far between. So if you're a fan of it, and like the soundtrack, soundtrack already was just, you know, the best of the best yeah. from, uh, like that scene where they're singing Tiny Dance, uh, Dancer while uh, the plane's Danza. going down. Yeah, the Tony Danza. <laughs> um, like, you know, it's just awesome. And the music is so important to that film. So to throw on a bunch of like-minded uh, songs and make it into a box set, I totally get. Yeah, for sure. And I know that uh, that Cameron Crowe, <laughs> uh, it is loosely based on his own life because he did tour with rock bands in the 70s. Uh, so the movie Almost Famous is a little bit is a little bit based on his own his own life. The only thing, the thing about Almost Famous that it does very much. Uh, uh, revel in the stereotypical view of the rock and roll lifestyle, right? Especially in the 70s. Um, that is that is kind of the epitome of um, of rock and roll hedonism. Uh, so it buys into the mythology of classic rock a little bit too much, especially looking at it now, maybe not so much when it came out. Um, yeah, but like you're saying, the movie itself holds up very well. The soundtrack is incredible. Um, I think it's That's the Way by Led Zeppelin is one of the, the songs that they have in that movie, which is uh, which is sure. incredible as well. I love Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. May he rest in peace. His character in that movie and his his jaded view of, uh, of the rock and roll lifestyle that Stillwater represents and, um, and that whole vibe. I don't think I would buy this box set, but I would most definitely stream it. I feel like if you put it on sure. Spotify, you hit the shuffle button, that this would be a very enjoyable listen uh, while you're you know, cleaning the house or doing oh, yeah. whatever. Um, so I applaud them for putting together such a huge collection and actually being able to secure all the licensing rights for all this music. Cause I imagine that couldn't have, uh, that couldn't have been cheap. And I still maintain that when you look at all the best fictional bands of all time, uh, in movies and television series that Stillwater, fever dog, still a banger, still one of the best fictional rock bands of all time. For sure, man. I think, uh, I think the reason this is happening I think there's been a few mergers over the years and a few catalogs right. bought out by different publishing companies. So to me, the business side of it looks like uh, they have a lot, whoever's the creative and archive person has a lot more to choose from. So they're just, uh, you know, what can we do with these songs? And I think this is a great right. reuse of uh, old, old catalog stuff. So that's, all. it's a win-win, man. People like cool stuff. And it's definitely, like you said, throw it on for a road trip and uh, yeah. enjoy it, you know? 
it's a reskin of a time life collection that's what it is <laughs> based around a cool movie from the 2000s but still very very cool so let's get on to uh the next opening act topic of this week's show and that's Robert Robert Plant's musical archive, the former Led Zeppelin frontman, uh, Mr. Robert Plant. I used to do a <laughs> quick aside. I used to do a, a thing on my radio show called uh, um, Led Zeppelin Facts, right? I'd be like, Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin uh, revealed on the, uh, the Digging Deep podcast that he's been working on an archive of all of his solo material. Uh, and he's instructed his children. He said, children, when I pass away, please release this entire archive of my music for free on the internet. When I pass, it's going to feature music that's pre-Led Zeppelin and after and in between, maybe. I'm not sure how that works. Um, uh, but what, what kind of thing, what kind of treasures do you think we're going to get in this box set, Dave? What's going to be in there? I don't know. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, there's probably some goodies. Like there's going to be lots, there's probably tons of material, first of all. And uh, I don't know, I bet you it's going to be uh, very expansive, like the, just between the end of Zeppelin and up into what he's doing now is such a, you know, and the page and plant stuff. It's such a varied style and feel. And so it's it's pretty exciting to uh, to find out. And what a what a what a gentleman to just start giving a like to just be like, yeah, I don't care. I'd rather people hear it than, you know. Like I'll give it away for free if, if that's the way it is. Um, but I knew this. I knew this about about Robert Plant because um, I, I know someone who actually lives or lived behind Robert Plant in England. This girl, when I was in college, there was this girl Kate, and uh, she showed me um, a, a picture once of her Christmas. Like I was like, how was Christmas? And she was like, oh, look at the size of my parents' tree. And I'm looking at this picture and I'm like, hey, this guy looks a lot like, and I'm like, who is this guy? She's like, Uncle Robert. I'm like, he looks a lot like Robert. And so apparently he was like his house backed onto their, their land or actually his, uh, his, he had like a farmhouse that had uh, horses. So they shared like a horse stable, like her grandparents shared a horse stable with Robert Plant. So I tried so hard to date this girl in college because <laughs> i had i had these fantasies of these romantic like like because he would literally he would come at, like he's such a gentleman he would come with the horse-drawn carriage on christmas yeah <laughs> and take people for rides like that's yeah. so in my head i was like i'm going to england i'm gonna have christmas with robert plant i'm gonna get pulled around in a horse-drawn carriage but it wasn't in the cards you know, a better a better man than me won that won that trip to England. But, Romantic uh, docs, not of the girl, but of eventually getting to go on a carriage ride. She was a, she was family. a lovely young lady, but it was <laughs> and it was definitely swayed because she was neighbors with a, with someone from Zeppelin for sure. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Well, but if there's ever if there's ever been a better reason to pursue a romantic relationship, you know, if somebody's like, you know, if this girl could get me to Noel Gallagher, we got to make it happen. You, you tell Uncle Robbie that Dave's coming. Yeah, exactly. You're going to a nice horse-drawn carriage ride. Very romantic. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for this, too. Um, I think maybe excited for the um, the pre-Zeppelin stuff because I'm not really familiar sure. with, the, you know, how Robert Plant got into music in the first place. Uh, you know, when it comes sure. to bands, classic rock bands, I know a lot about how the Beatles got into it and the Rolling Stones got into it and how they developed their careers and how they got started. Uh, a little bit 
with uh, with Jimmy Page as well because of uh, the Yardbirds and that kind of thing, but not so much with Robert Plant. And as a vocalist, I'm interested to see uh, and maybe hear how he developed as a vocalist and how he became the iconic rock sex god that uh, that we know him to be now. So that's going to be exciting as well. Um, yeah, you were saying Page and Plant, anything that they did uh, in the yeah. 90s would be really cool if there's anything uh, unreleased from that era. Uh, there's a record I have that he did in the, I believe it would be the 80s. Um, it was a little bit more of a big band thing called the Honey Drippers. So anything that he has um, that would be from that era would be pretty exciting to me. And uh, as you were saying, it's very cool of him to uh, to be giving this away for free uh, after he dies, which we hope is uh, for for not a very is not for a very long time. So uh, when it does happen, we'll look forward to it. But uh, we want Robert Plant to be with us for for many many years to come. Agreed. Agreed, Mr. Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin. All right, let's get to our last opening act topic of the week here on the Rock Squad podcast, and that is Slash and Chester Bennington. A collaboration, a long-lost collaboration has been unearthed. A one-minute snippet uh, of a song recorded by Slash and Chester uh, called Crazy has been released online courtesy of uh, producer Big Chris Flores. Uh, It's an unused version recorded for Slash's first solo album, which is a great record. Uh, It eventually actually did become a song that he released. It was called Dr. Alibi that he recorded with Lemmy of uh, Motorhead on vocals when they actually did release it. So um, I I did listen to this track, and I, I found it really, really enjoyable, actually. It gave me major um, Stone Temple Pilot vibes. We know that Chester Bennington eventually went to go record and do an EP with uh, with STP, um, replacing Scott Weiland. Um, but this song definitely sounds like Stone Temple Pilots to me. I feel like he's really he's really um, he's really channeling his inner Scott Weiland even more so than he did when he actually sang with um, with STP. And then when it comes to Slash. I know both you and I, Dave, are, are big fans of Slash's solo work, especially the, the stuff that he's done with um, with Miles Kennedy, the stuff that he's done with the Conspirators and with, uh, oh, yeah. with Todd Kearns on bass there. Um, we really enjoy their stuff. And um, I hate to say it, but I like Slash's solo material way more than any Guns N' Roses stuff. Um, when I saw GNR in 2017 live at the ACC, Slash was the only good thing about that entire show. So even though this is only a, a one-minute snippet of, of this song, I do think this is a, is a pretty cool song. Yeah, it's cool, man. I totally 100% agree with everything you just said. Um, it's definitely like the precursor to him going and jamming with STP with with help from Slash, no doubt. Like that's probably what opened that door with the Velvet Revolver connection and all that. Like I'm sure those camps are pretty tight knit, and uh, it makes sense. Like yeah, you know. And from someone that I'm not a huge Lincoln Park fan, so I, you know, Chester's not not who I would pick to do those roles. But he definitely holds up, and you can't take anything away from the guy. Like he, he had he had an amazing voice, and it's a shame that uh, you know things worked out the way they did. Yeah, it is for sure. And yeah, I'm not a huge Linkin Park fan either, but when he passed away, you could definitely feel the ripples throughout the the rock fan community. And you realize how much his music has, uh, has touched people over the years. And uh, I did enjoy the stuff that he did with STP. It's, it's very strange. I always found it strange that he replaced Scott Weiland, I think before Scott Weiland passed away, but then both yeah. of them passed away within uh, not too long of each other. So it was strange that STP, um, went through that whole process and lost yeah. two singers in a, in a go like that, but uh, they've they've come out of it. They've come out of strong. I think their their current singer is Jeff Gut. I think is that's his name, Jeff Gut. 
um, which is a great rock and roll name. <laughs> he, again, uh, like Chester Bennington on this track, uh, channels Scott Weiland and channels that whole sound. Um, and uh, I, I like this track. So maybe we'll see if it's released uh, in full. If it is, I would like to hear the, uh, the entire track. Yeah, that might have been the only saving grace for uh, STP is the fact that they did kind of move on without Scott before Scott died. And it was just, it was, you know, and they had a credible lead singer with Chester stepping in for the role. So I don't think it's as shocking now when they, when they're going to move forward and do more live stuff with someone filling in for Scott. Cause I feel like that, that had already been worked out before Scott was even dead. So, um, you know, it's exciting. I, we, we both love Stone Pilots and everybody in that band are amazing players and amazing writers too. So that, that band wasn't just one guy. That band was a, was a band of uh, great writers and very, very talented musicians. So, uh, you know, it, maybe, they'll see, maybe we'll see new music from them soon, you know? Yeah, for sure. And hopefully maybe some new music from Slash, too, and, uh, and Miles yeah. Kennedy and the Conspirators. Miles Kennedy uh, just released a solo album, but I was thinking of, like, some of my favorite uh, Slash solo songs. You know, Back to Cali is a good one, Standing in the oh, yeah. Sun uh you're a lie ghost is a good one um there's there's tons of great slash solo songs i love slash and even though like i like guns and roses i i have respect for guns and roses but when i saw them live it was uh it wasn't a good scene aside from from mr slash so i'm a a singles guy for guns and roses i like you know i like a few singles and i hate a few singles so that's that's how i you know but it's all singles and anything else i'm it's kind of hit or miss but uh paradise city all night long buddy yeah, I you could be mine from Terminator 2. Use your illusion too. Sure. That's my go-to. Sure. Love that. Sure, time. man. Sure. There's there's some there's some good licks on uh, the spaghetti incident, even. Yeah. But, you know, you, you got hair of the dog. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You see, this brings up a bad memory, okay? Spaghetti yeah. incident. When that came out, I think that was 93 that, that came out. Anyways, my sister, my older sister, uh wanted that album for Christmas or her birthday or something. So I went out with my mom, we went to the record store, we went to the mall, and I bought the Spaghetti Incident on CD, went home, wrapped it, and then my sister came home, and she came through the door and she says, hey everybody, look what I got. Spaghetti Incident on CD. Never what was she thinking? I know. What was she thinking? She doesn't know that I'm still holding this huge grudge against her because of the Spaghetti Incident. You guys should hug it out and listen to Spaghetti Incident. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, there's got to be better Guns and Roses. That's the worst Guns and Roses album. To it really to. is. It really yeah. got to listen to Appetite at least if we're going to hang yeah. out and listen to rock, right? Yeah, Appetite 1 and 2, back to back. Right, right on. All right, those are our opening ad topics on this week's Rock Squad podcast. Let's get to this week's headliner topic, and that is the tragically hip Canada's favorite sons have announced uh, the new EP, Saskadelphia, that came out last Friday. It was a surprise release. Um, it features six unreleased songs from the Road Apple sessions that were originally intended for a double album. Um, the label at the time thought that Saskadelphia was uh, too Canadian of a title, and the band thought that that was horseshit. So that's why they called the album uh, Road Apples. And uh, it features uh, performances from the band and the late great Gord Downey. He sounds amazing on this. It's like he's still with us. Um, you know, he's uh, he's a Canadian treasure. He still is. Um, and uh, you know, Dave, you're more of a tragically hip fan than I am. Um, but what, what do you think of this new release? And what, what do you think about um, the hip's legacy in Canadian rock? Because, you know, sure. th- we're Canadians. They, they run in our blood. Sure. Yeah, man, the, the release is amazing. You know, the, their, uh, their legacy is, is super strong in Canada. 
and doing things like this on May 2 for weekend. I know, you know, Very Canadian. keeps the brand alive, <laughs> you know, and we're, we're, you know, it's, it's, this is my, this is awesome because Road Apples is one of my favorite, if not my favorite hip record. And uh, it was the first hip record I ever had. So like, I, you know, I, I just, it's, it's when I think of the hip, it's what I think. So I was unaware that it was supposed to be a double, double record. And, um, you know, I, I, I've been hearing all sorts of stories about like getting this, this music uh, up and out. And, uh, it, you know, this music almost didn't happen because of the uh, Universal fire uh, down mm. in the States at Universal Studios. So that this batch of music was supposed to be was, was originally there. And then in the uh, late or early 2000s, I think it got moved uh, up to Canada, up to the Universal Locker in Canada. So mm-hmm. like this could have never seen the light of day. Right. So it's super exciting to um, have that moment in time uh, sessions. I believe they did in uh, New Orleans yep. uh, back then. So like, you know, and uh, listening to it, there's, you know, there's, uh, you know, the song Ouch is amazing. Cool. Uh, they're all good, but Ouch and Montreal seem to stand out uh, to me. As I've listened to it a few times, and those were my standout tracks. And, um, you know, it's amazing. You, you listen to it, and uh, first off, it sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh, every, like, the drums are huge. It sounds, yeah. it sound, like, the production of it sounds amazing. Uh, they, really, they really tidied it up and made it sound great for the release. And then there's other subtleties on it that you, you know, if you're a fan, that's really nice. Like um, at the end of some songs, Gordy's bantering with yeah. the band and talking to the band about how, how that performance actually sounded. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just, you know, we, they're, they're, the, they're the world's best bar band, hands down to me. So like just yeah. having that, that dynamic of the back and forth in the studio and just how great it ended up sounding. It's super exciting for hip fans and, and for their legacy, I could see many more things like this popping up through the years. Cause like they, they have their own studio or still have their own studio up in uh, up North. So like they, they were up there a lot over the last two decades. So I, I can only imagine what they have floating around from other records uh, from up there. So I feel like this will be like a continual thing over the next 15, 20 years of getting more, more stuff from uh, that camp for sure. I hope so. And you were saying they're the world's best bar band. And the thing that I noticed immediately from when Ouch started on this EP is that they're so tight, you know, yeah. from a, from a perspective as performers that these, these guys were like clockwork the way they played together, the way that things locked together, the way that Gord Downey's vocals are so punchy and so effective and so raw um, on, especially on those early records, because when you think of the hip is that they, they very much matured throughout their career and did so many things, so many different styles of rock, but that initial, um, a sound that they had on those first few records is so distinctive. And when you listen to it, uh, Saskadelphia reminds you why so many people connected with these guys right from the get-go, at least here in Canada. I know they didn't uh, really break out internationally as much as they did here at home, but um, you can see why they became the phenomenon that they did here and why they continued to endear themselves to Canadians. And that's coming from me, who's not a huge Tragically Hip fan. I have a lot of respect for them, and I do like a lot of their songs, but I don't really um, worship at the altar of the Tragically Hip as much as uh, as many other Canadians do. Um, but uh, I, I definitely can see why um, everybody loves them and why they uh, they attracted so many people uh, earlier on in their career. 
I think, you know, Canadians are just drawn to a, to a, a good poet, you know, yeah. and I think that's, that's at the at front and center in this band is uh, Gord Downey. And I think that, um, you know, as much as he's praised as, as a front man, uh, just being a poet, I think is the, uh, and a musician is, is the praise that he needs. Cause you know, there's something that he, there's something special about him with the way that he can connect with his lyrics and just his choice of lyrics and the, the perspective on which he tells a story to bring you into the story, you know, right. like a great example of that. If, if anyone out there has ever heard the, um, the killer whale tank version of new, new whale tank. you know like if you've never heard that version of new orleans is sinking and you know he he goes on a poetic rant in the middle of that song <laughs> yeah and it's amazing it's am like in and i remember being younger and not really appreciating it being like well that's kind of goofy but be being a musician and having played that bar and having played it a million times 300 people to four people knowing that 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 section of the song and like it, you just learn to appreciate it so much more mm -hmm. how how freewheeling and and how comfortable he was to just take that chance and tell a story that no one even knew they wanted to hear you know he's yeah. amazing they're amazing i can't wait to hear more yeah for sure. When I was at the radio station, people would call in. I used to do a request show and people would call in to hear New Orleans is sinking, but they wanted to hear the killer whale tank version. And we always had it. It was always in the system because our music director of the radio station was a very big tragically hit fan. And he knew yeah. <laughs> the importance of having that on hand, but to put it on the air meant, you know, throwing out 15, 20 minutes worth of other music just to fit in the killer whale tank version. And we did it on, we did it on occasion. I mentioned in the rock album review that, um, I was on the air. I had to be on the air the, the day that Gord Downey passed away and that I threw out the entire show and the entire show became dedicated to Gord Downey and the music of the Tragically Hip and his memories and uh, the people that, that have memories of him, whether it be through his music or concerts or anything like that. And um, even as a huge, as not a huge Tragically Hip fan, I was a, I was really uh, touched by um, what people were saying about him and the music and the whole meaning there and the fact that uh, in his lyrics, he always represented different views of Canadian life. So, um, so yeah, he's he's very much missed. And I think for for tragically hip fans, this Saskadelphia EP is a uh, is a is a welcome uh, return of Gord Downey in audio form. Absolutely, man. Right on. Well, that is our uh, headlining topic of the week. Let us know what you thought of any of the topics that we talked about here on the Rock Squad podcast uh, in the comments. If you're on YouTube or wherever you're listening, we would appreciate and love to know what you think of the topics that we talked about on this week's show. We're going to wrap things up with our tracks of the week. These are our recommendations of our favorite rock tracks that we've been listening to. Uh, you can check out our tracks of the week's uh, playlist on Spotify right now, which gathers up all of our recommendations in one spot so you can rock accordingly. Dave, do do you have a couple of tracks of the week for for this week? You know, I find that um, I uh, since we've been doing the podcast, I've really like I've really uh, pushed like bands. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm not just listening. I'm not just naming two songs. Like oh yeah, those two songs. Uh, since we've been doing the podcast, I've been listening to a lot deeper cuts of bands and like yeah. just going back into the, those uh, those songs that you're like oh yeah, I did like that song back ten years ago and all that yeah. stuff. So a band that I'm I've been really digging into the last week um, has been uh, Mother Mother, the band Mother Mother, and um, 
they have so many great songs and so, so many great singles. Uh, one song that I'm really into right now is called Hayloft by Mother Mother. And it's a great tune. And another, another tune by Mother Mother right now that I can't stop playing is the song Ghosting. Okay. And so if you're a fan of Mother Mother and you don't know all their tracks, or maybe you only know the last couple singles that have been on radio, uh, dig deep, listen to these tunes, and it'll, it'll give you a little preview of what you missed out on in the last 15 years of them being a band, which is amazing to me, too, that they've been a band for almost 20 years. Um, I've had many, many moments watching Mother Mother. They used to come to a bar that I worked at all the time, like three, four times a year. A year. So uh, it's uh, great to see them still making music, and um, they, they write some fantastic pop songs, so they're definitely yeah. worth checking out. So that's Ghosting by Mother Mother. And Hey Lost by Mother Mother. Those are my picks for this week. What about you, pal? Right on. Love Mother Mother. I got a couple of uh, picks. Mine uh, is Mammoth WVH. Wolfgang Van Halen released uh, another song from his upcoming record. Uh, the song's called Mammoth. Uh, it's another big, punchy, awesome. crunchy rock song right up our alley. Uh, very much looking awesome. forward to that record, which comes out on June 11th, I think. I think that's cool. uh, one of uh, the records I'm looking forward to most over the next little while. And then uh, I picked a Tragically Hip song as well. Uh, but not something from the Road Apples days. I picked the song In View from World cool. Container in 2006 because uh, it doesn't sound anything like the Tragically Hip. Uh, it's a great, <laughs> sunny, big rock song. Um, and it's definitely different for them. I remember when it came out, there was a lot of grumbling by uh, hardcore Tragically Hip fans that was too poppy or wasn't wasn't rock enough. But it's a song that I very much enjoy. So that is one of my tracks of the week as well as the Tragically Hip uh, In View. I really, really like that song. Well, now I feel like I should have picked a Tragically Hip song because of this weekend. So I'm going to pick one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pick, um, but this is an atmosphere song. So it's got to be around the campfire. Yeah. It's got to be dark. It's got to you know, be a, cup, a couple beers in, bud. All right? <laughs> a couple beers in there, bud. And it's got to be uh, the last of the unplucked gems off of oh, Road App. Right on. I don't think I know that's that like, one. That's my hip pick of the week. I like it. It's more obscure. You know, you could have easily gone, you know, oh, Wheat Kings or Ahead by a Century or any of those campfire songs that we've sung many times around the campfire. But I'm glad that you went a little bit more, a little deeper on that. Yeah. Digging deep, digging deep this week. That's digging my new deep. Thing, that's what we're doing here on the Rock Squad podcast. That is going to be it for this week's episode. We want to thank you guys a lot for watching. Uh, yeah, make sure to uh, like the video, subscribe, notification bell. Um, we're here on YouTube. You can check us out at the audio version as well, uh, wherever you get your podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, check out Rock Album Reviews that we have up on the channel right now for Tragically Hip and 21 Pilots. Uh, where can the folks follow us, Dave? Uh, you can follow me at Red Coast Records on Facebook or Instagram. And of course, we mention it every week. We play in a rock and roll band called Fools Union. Foolsunion.com for everything you need. Merchandise, music, photos, contacts, or follow us on Instagram. And if you just want to check us out and hear what we have going on, you can get us at every streaming service. <laughs> That's right. That was a great show, Nick. Yeah, man, it was a good one. The folks can follow me at The Walking Nick. And yeah, yeah, we'll see you guys again next week for another episode of the Rock Squad podcast. Rock on, Dave. Rock on, Nick. Rock on, Nick.